Hi, this is Melissa Mendez, and this is the Great Design Lead Podcast. And I am a web designer and agency owner. And right now I am in Colombia. Perfect. Perfect intro. One take. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I thought I was going to fuck it up, but glad I didn't. I I gotta say, um, this like sitting on the couch with my blanket and my stuffed animal and my pillow and doing a podcast is the most comfortable podcasting position. It's I've so ever much better. I'm I'm on my bed, like chilling with a bun in top of my head, <laughs> earphones on, like just so much better than just being there, like sitting on my computer chair. Yeah, because we both just uh, started this at the end of our work days. Um, so for you, yeah. it's like 530. Um, and for me, it's 1130. And um, both of us are just like, okay, we went through the day. We were on screen all day. Let's just chill out and hang out together. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Wait, it's 1130 where you are, like p.m.? Yeah, but I do this every day. <laughs> oh, okay. So you're like on EST times. Yeah, I work like Boston mentally. time. Yeah. Okay. Got it. <laughs> okay, cool. So I uh, I, I wanted to um, uh, tell you this before, but um, uh, I, I was talking um, uh, with my boyfriend earlier about who I was doing a podcast with this week. And um, he's like, oh, so who are you talking to? And I said, well, I'm talking to Melissa and she's really special to me. And he's like, well, why is she really special to you? And I'm like, she was there for me during a really, really tough time. And uh, she was like the first person I talked to about the tough thing that I was going through. And I just like took her advice and it just made my life a lot better. So I was just really excited to talk to you because I haven't talked to you since then. And so much has happened. I know. I know. I, I honestly like I felt like I was giving advice to the little sister I never had. So, and because I kind of lived the same things that you were kind of living, I just was convinced that that's what you needed at the time that I told you. Mm -hmm. And I'm just very happy to see you now, like thriving and traveling and living your best life. Like, it's just so nice. Because, you know, usually you give advice to friends and they just like take it and like don't really action it because they're not maybe ready for it. Uh, but it was your time to shine, and I'm just so happy to see you where you're at. Thank you so much. <laughs> it it really meant a lot. Like I don't know. I think it was just like the right person at the right time. And then like yep. after that, I like ended my relationship and then quit my job at like the same time. And then just like tried to figure out my life for a couple months, and then it all sorted itself out. And I found a job that I liked a lot more in a relationship that was really fulfilling. And I don't know, it's just so hard in that moment to uh, know that that's out there for you. And it's such a yep. scary position to be in. Yeah. And so like scary, like you don't even know what's right or wrong, because when you're in those situations, you're just so clouded. You don't even know wh which way to go, you know? Absolutely. But I don't know. I just wanted to start it off saying that, like, I was talking about you today and the other day, and uh, you're a very, very special person to me. So it was exciting to hang out with you Thank and hear you. about everything in your life. Oh, girl. Oof. 
<laughs> a lot has happened. I mean, yeah, it's been a crazy year. Well, well last year was crazy for me. Um, but this year, I'm just like, I feel like a new person. It's crazy. Yeah. And and you also like have a dog and you're living in a new country and it's just all it sounds really, really cool for you. And I don't know, all, all the posts that you post and I don't know, I just love following you and seeing what you're up to and everything like that. <laughs> Thank you. Uh yeah, I mean, so obviously the last time that we spoke, I lived in Orlando. Mm -hmm. Um And I don't know, like, I feel like everything in life ha happens for a reason, as cliche as it sounds. Yeah. But I really think that, like, I feel like this is so, like, cringe or I, I don't know, like, cheesy. But, like, I feel like Webflow literally, like, turned my life upside down the moment that I just, like, met it. <laughs> yeah yeah like everything that kind of like has happened in my life in the past three years has been because of webflow really yeah um because obviously professionally when I learned webflow I was able to go from marketing to web design as a freelancer and then after that I became an agency owner Mm -hmm. Uh, that was one crazy shift for me. I never thought that I was going to be a web designer, even though I always loved sort of like digital design. And then I decided to open the flow party, which is our community. For those of you that maybe don't know what the flow party is, it's a community for designers and developers. And in there, I created such strong friendships and people that really impacted me as a person and really lift, lifted me up. Like as I was lifting people up in the community, they were in, unintentionally lifting me up. And that kind of made me realize a lot of things about my life, about my relationships, and I just decided to do a 180 completely and... um Obviously, that relationship is not there anymore, sadly. Like, you know, that was one of the main reasons why last year was so hard for me. And I decided to just travel. And one of the places that I really loved was London. So I went there for a few months, uh, you know, with a tourist visa just to mm -hmm. try it out. And I really liked it. And yeah, I think that that could be my place for now. Um, so I'm doing all the arrangements to be able to be there for a little bit longer. That's amazing. Like, yeah, crazy. <laughs> and Tell me about it. Everything happening for a reason. Like you can look back on things and be like, I'm really glad that happened, but it does hurt and it does suck in the moment. Yeah, I mean, I keep reading everywhere, like, growth hurts, growth hurts, and it feels uncomfortable, and I'm a person that loves change, but, like, I, I kind of, like, find the thrill in change and in, on, in uncertainty, like, that's just how I am, like, I, I kind of um, crave that thrill, 
-hmm. I don't know if that's good or bad, but I don't know. I just felt like I was just living this life that wasn't up to par to what I knew I could accomplish in a way. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and they just say that growth hurts and it does hurt. It hurts like a bitch, you know, (laughs) but but you kind of have to go through those things to to shed uh, new skin or shed the old skin and um, and evolve as a human, I guess. What was it like on the flight to London? I got a panic attack. Really? <laughs> oh yeah. Tell um, me. Well, remember that I have two dogs in the U.S. So one of the one of the the main things for me was obviously living a leaving a person that I love. And also leaving my dogs who were like my child, my children. Yeah. Um, so I guess like leaving my friends, leaving my home. If obviously you follow me on social media, so you know how much I love. I loved my home. Like I really put an effort to make it my own. Yeah. And all of those things kind of got mixed up and uh, inside of me. And it would, I, I started like, Oh my God, like, what am I doing? Like, is this, you know, what's happening? Like, am I really doing this? Like what I'm sitting there, like in the chair, in the, in the plane, like with the plate of food in front of me, I couldn't even swallow. Like, Oh my God, it was horrible. But yeah, I mean, I just, I just went for it and just, you know, powered through. This also was like the first time that you were going someplace where family wasn't around, right? Because I remember, yeah, so I remember when you were in Cartagena, when you were in your hometown, you had family there. And then when you were in Medellin, Mm -hmm. like you had your friends around. And then when you went to New York, your aunt was there. And when you went to Miami, you had family there. So this was like the first time where it's just Melissa. Exactly. In a country that I didn't know anything about. Uh, I didn't know the culture. I I didn't really know anybody except from the people from the flow party. Uh, But I had all the um, curiosity and like the the will to learn and meet people and see another world and just explore, you know? Um, So, yeah. And I remember when, when you were 21, I think your mom or your dad said something about uh, choosing Miami over New York because Miami had family and it was like not snowing there. So like London is also a shock because it's a totally different environment too, not just the people. 100%. Like it's a shock in every single way you can imagine. Like for a Latin person to live, first of all, where I'm from, it's always the same weather. It's like from 75 to like 90 degrees Fahrenheit year round. So I don't even know how to dress for cold. I don't know what cold <laughs> living in the cold is. <laughs> I have no idea about the food. At that moment, I had no idea about the food. Um, I didn't, they didn't have family. Yeah, obviously, like my parents always wanted to make sure that I had family around. But um, 
Yeah, I found that the friends at the float party, they're super supportive. And I knew if I ever found myself in a tough situation, they would come to me to, you know, be with me. So I kind of relied on them to kind of be that support in case something went really, really bad. But thankfully, everything worked out. And, you know, we've had a great time over there. And, um, you know, it's been a great experience for me. I I can only imagine what it was like. Like, okay, so I guess I could ask you about like the decision to go to London and, and um, London over anywhere else. But the thing that I'm really focused on right now is like the experience of like packing and like waiting at your gate and the flight taking off and being in the air and being like, oh my gosh, this is actually happening. Like, this is actually real now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was horrible because, you know, um, it wasn't like I'm just packing and leaving. I'm like packing and leaving everything. Yeah. Um, When you make a decision to continue with your life without the person that you've been with for 12 years, it's very bittersweet. Like, you know, it's like there's nothing there anymore. Um, and you're just try- obviously I'm trying to like not spill the whole tea here because, you know, I have a lot of respect for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, you know, it was very hard because it's like you have this confronting feelings. Mm-hmm. It's like you 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 love him, but you're not sure. I mean, you understand you went through the same thing. Obviously, mm-hmm. it was less time that you were together, but still, it's like, you know, imagine that multiplied by like 20, you know, it's like you, this person is your family Yeah. at this point. So it's a bit, a very bittersweet feeling of like coming to terms with the fact that you're, you have made the decision of remake your life. So while I'm packing, I'm like, having all of those feelings you know I'm like thinking what the hell am I doing like am I crazy like what the hell but then on the other side of me I'm thinking I'm 37 years old in in a blink of an eye I'll be 50 and I won't be able to experience life how I dreamt of experiencing it because it just didn't work work out in this life you know So it's this pull and push situation in your mind playing over and over again. And I'm just like packing my stuff. And it's just a horrifying feeling. Like truly it is horrible. But I'm a very focused person as I've always told you. And I know exactly what I want for my life. And I knew in my gut that's what I had to do. Mm-hmm. And um, and then going to the airport was absolutely heartbreaking, saying bye. And mm-hmm. getting on the plane was when I just broke and had a, a panic attack. Um, but then, you know, breathing and trying to, like, calm down. Everything's going to be okay. You know, worst case scenario, I can come back. Like, so, yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> what was it like getting there? Um, 
Well, I guess getting there, you're obviously seeing London and it's just like absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And I chose a part of, of London where I was close to some of the people from the float party. Mm -hmm. And um, it's like a, like a little movie. The, everything's super English. Everything's like quaint and beautiful. Yeah. And the people are super kind. So that's when I kind of like started, started that experience of like, you know, exploring and seeing new things and just soaking, soaking it a lot. It's amazing. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I can only imagine the amount of strength that it took to go through that. And I have so much admiration for you, really. It, yeah. it, crazy. It is so much easier for people to spend their life in a situation that's not right for them. Mm -hmm. And it's so hard to admit that. And oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I look up to you so much. <laughs> I hope you know that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You know, the thing is that I kind of come from a family where that was exactly that situation. Yeah. Like that's where my parents are at. Like they, my mom, they're a different generation 100 percent mm -hmm. and it's sort of like a love and hate relationship <laughs> um which in a way it's kind of cute because it's like they bicker all, all day but like they love each other yeah. but at the same time when you see it from the point of view of the individual person mm. you know that they're not fulfilled yeah. And the kids already grew up and they're empty nesters and they're stuck with each other all day. And I see what that life could be. Yeah. So for me, it was very important to not have that situation because at 35 years old, at 30 years old, almost 34 years old, I don't know when everything started happening in my relationship, mm -hmm. I could see that that was going to happen. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so I couldn't let myself live that because yeah. I experienced that in my, in my house. So I had to cut, to cut that sort of like trauma or mm -hmm. karma mm -hmm. um, and just start new and like have the life or live the life that I wanted to live. You know how insane it is that some people think that at like 40 that their life is just over how insane yeah. that is yeah exactly, exactly. you're not even it's at so the mid yes you're not even at the midway point mm -hmm. like, yeah exactly and, and and another thing like obviously we're talking about relationships and when you're in a relationship, like you both have to work on it. Marriage mm -hmm. is all about it. It's, this is a, an advice that my brother, my older brother gave me. And it, it's marriage is a decision. Mm -hmm. Like you have to make the decision to work on it every single day. And obviously, you know, everybody has a story and, you know, everybody could be right, but when you when like the things that I appreciate in a partner are someone that appreciates me, that really shows me that every day. Mm -hmm. And 
I'm a very sweet girl. I really like, like, I come from a very traditional family. So I'm all about taking care of my partner. And I kind of felt like left, you know what I mean? Like I was just left there. Mm -hmm. And going back to how the flow party kind of empowered me and like made me feel appreciated. I got to a point where I was being appreciated for my work and for my achievements, but then at home I wasn't being appreciated. Mm -hmm. And that stark contrast was really strong for me at that moment. And that's when I was like, I can't live like this. Like, you know, I want someone that, really appreciates me and is a, a complete partner to me not just someone there like you know because they have to be there in a way mm. it sounds like it's the difference between um i'm i'm with this person i don't know how to say this in the right way it sounds like the difference between i decided to be with this person and like i'm choosing this person every day that's what yes. it kind of sounds like to me. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Exactly that. Because I've I've seen movies sometimes where like there's a there's a tense romantic moment between like a husband and wife or like a romantic partner and they say like um you made a choice to be with me or you made the decision to be with me like you made this decision but when I watch that and I watch those scenes, I'm like, I don't want to be in that. I want like the person to choose me because it's a yeah. special thing. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Like it's, you really have to be able to choose that person because marriage is hard. Like mm -hmm. it's up and down. It's like, you know, problems all, all through the marriage. And if you are not really sure of that person, like if that's not really the person that you are truly choosing, you will end up in that situation like, oh, why, you know, why did I do this? But now I'm going to have to suck it up because marriage is forever, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, you really have to be very mindful of the person that you decide to marry. Knowing that's why I tell a lot of people, sorry, no, 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 you go, you go. That's why I tell a lot of young girls like you, like, don't rush it. Like, mm -hmm. you know, at 20, I, I got married at 26, like, I was super young, I had no idea about the decision that I was making, and um, I feel like marriage should be taught at school like you know how like they don't teach taxes like they should teach taxes how to be married like those things are so important because communication is important patience is important showing love is important you know spoiling your partner is important like all of those things are so important and you don't even realize those things. Like, obviously, you do them because you love the other person and they just had come out. But when you don't feel like being lovey-dovey with someone um, and then maybe you stop doing it for a day, then three days, then a week, then a month, and, like, it just becomes this monotone thing, that's mm -hmm. when the problems start, you know? Or, like, when you are fighting and then you stop communicating and you just 
rather brush it under the rug like that's not good because then that creates resentment you know what I mean so all of those things I feel like either our parents or schools should, should teach them so people can go into marriage with a more informed decision it's all about data people it's all about data <laughs> no I think it's absolutely right like it is probably one of the if this is with your your partner even if like you have one or two significant relationships like this in your life it's such a huge decision that impacts you more than just feelings like it's it's shared life shared home shared property like all of these things and you don't get any education (laughs) at all none like absolutely none i mean obviously like if we look at history, like marriage before used to be something so sort of like expected and um, I don't know, like traditional, I guess is the word. Yeah, um, the transactional. The woman had her, yeah, the woman had her role. The, the man had his role of working and providing the woman of taking care of the home and having kids. And that was just the understanding. But today the roles are so mixed and convoluted mm-hmm. that um, expectations have changed. Like yeah. my husband cannot expect for me to have a plate of food every day with salad, a carb and protein and, you know, a fresh made juice after I work 12 hours. You know yeah. what I mean? Like there has to be some um, like, you know, we have to meet in the middle there. So it's just so different now in modern life that I feel like if we don't know that, if we don't ask those questions, if we don't communicate those things prior to making the decision to, you know, wanting to spend your entire life with someone, then that's when the problems will arise. I think you're absolutely right. That reminded me of uh, a realization that I had earlier this year. Um, And it was about like exactly what you're talking about. Expectations between um, men and women in relationships. And um, I I love my career. I love design. I love what I do. And um, uh, I felt really insecure about that. Because I felt like I would be um, less attractive to a guy um, because I didn't need him. Um, He would just be a want in my life and not a need. And in two significant um, relationships in my life, that was kind of like an issue where um, one was like kind of uh, indifferent to my career and the other one... um, wasn't really interested in me and would be interested in me if I had a different kind of job and so I had this really big insecurity about that and it wasn't until I met my boyfriend now that I was able to let go of that and like I it was really bad like I thought that that um he wasn't going to feel needed I thought that he wasn't going to feel important um because I didn't need him and I wasn't dependent on him and that I started like making up these like fake tasks for him to do to that I thought would make him feel important 
And then we were on this walk together and I said, hey, I have to admit something to you. And he said, what? I'm like, I'm making up these fake tasks because I've been really insecure that you might feel like I don't need you and that you might feel not important to me. And he's like, Emily, I've known you've been doing this and I've been trying to tell you to stop. (laughs) Oh my God, that is hilarious, but at the same time, crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, because like, this is all new, like for hundreds and hundreds of years it's kind of like just been established and now like the roles are kind of all over the place and and I don't know how to do that and so I just thought that that I was either gonna like be independent and alone or dependent and not alone and I realized that maybe you don't have to feel that way yeah I know it's crazy it's really, really crazy. Like, I don't know. Um, I feel like the the middle ground would be just what you have now, which I guess it's what you have because you're happy. It's just someone that accepts you just how you are and what you do. And like, the only thing that's important is that you're happy with your passion and what you're doing, you know, or even if you don't have a passion and you just have a job just to have a job, like they accept it however it is, you know? it's just really nice that um uh you can just be with somebody because they don't need you and you don't need them it's just like Mm -hmm. because you choose to hang out together and I don't know why it took me all these years to figure that out but (laughs) it was a nice moment a couple months ago (laughs) (laughs) I bet I'm 100% sure that's crazy yeah yeah, I mean, there's nothing better than just liking someone and just hanging out with that person because you think they're cool and like you have a great time together and your point of views are the same and your morals are similar and your values are similar. Like that's really what the foundation is, you know, and then the other things are just an add-on. Um, This might be too much, but uh, I wanted to ask, knowing what you know now, is there anything that you would have said to the version of you on the plane with the food in front of you? Mm. I would say to myself, everything will be okay and everything always works out because your situation is not defining who you are and your purpose in life. Like I have this thing where, and I don't know why I do this, but I just, I started doing it some years, like many years ago. I don't know how it happened, but when I'm in a very tough situation or when a friend tells me a story and I'm trying to give her an advice I sort of like mentally come out of my body and just look at myself from above in a way, like Mm -hmm. out of the planet in a way, (laughs) just to kind of gain perspective on the situation. Yeah. um, And really understand the gravity of the, of the, of the situation that is currently happening and how I would approach it objectively. Yeah. So if I was in that situation, I wish I would have had the um, 
is it percent perception I yeah, guess perspective or the clarity yeah the the perspective to be able to get out of my body like I usually do and look at the situation and see what are really the what is really the purpose that I have in my whole life and how this is contributing to my goals and my my way of wanting to live instead of focusing on the well I mean it's a huge situation but in the grand scheme of things of like seeing ourselves as, as humans it's really not that big of a situation because I have bigger goals in life and I'm not saying about being rich or like getting a new client no I'm thinking about what is my purpose in life what are the lessons that I'm trying to learn in this life like what are the uh, issues that I keep having maybe that is my my purpose in life maybe to learn how to be more I don't know organized or whatever but I wish I had that foresight to be able to look at myself and see why I was really doing this situation to be able to gain that confidence back and get myself more level-headed and and there's no way you would have known that in the moment but it it is so nice to hear from you that like that's how you're feeling now and that the, the feeling that you had on the plane i'm guessing has subsided yeah of course like it's been a crazy journey i feel 2023 for me was a completely transformative year in all of the sense of the world the word yeah i grew as a person i grew as a professional i grew as a friend i grew as a partner like everything um but you know it takes work and it takes opening your heart and feeling those feelings and being vulnerable you know i was always somebody that and maybe I still am like I kind of cover my feelings and now because all of my friends and therapists told me like no you have to feel your feelings because if you don't you're gonna explode yeah so being being in that position where you kind of have to be vulnerable and like speak and and say what you feel it's really hard for somebody like me so with that, obviously, your heart gets all mushy and you start crying and you start saying what's wrong with you. And then you start believing that you're bad or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but but now I'm in a position where I've learned, I've lived them and I'm still OK and people don't hate me and my family's still there. <laughs> you know what I mean? And everything's OK. Like everything's going to be OK. It's so hard to know that in the moment. Like you, you always, yeah. in my mind, you hope for the best, but you prepare for the worst. And sometimes that's exhausting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, no, let's just go with the flow. Like if I crash against this wall, like I'll get back up. It's fine. Yeah. Somebody told me, um, they were like, if you're still alive, your story's not over. Like just because you think that exactly. like the end of the world is happening. And I, I saw this trend online, which was kind of cute where, um, people were talking about really nice moments that they were having and they were like yeah this morning I woke up and I went downstairs and I make uh pancakes because you know my life didn't end when I was 24 and that 
relationship that I thought was going to be it forever ended. And now I'm like 32 and I'm making pancakes and having a great day. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's like, just eat the ice cream, man. It's going to be fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're not going to die. It's fine. (laughs) All okay. I I wanted to ask you about um, why you chose London. Um, well, because I have a lot of the flow party people there. Gotcha. And I just wanted to just something different. Like, okay, so I love architecture, as you may remember. Yes. And I don't know, but I always had this feeling inside of me that I was going to live in a place like Europe. Yes. Like, I just knew that in my heart. Mm-hmm. And Paris wasn't an option, obviously, because I don't speak French even yeah. though I love Paris. And they, they um, speak English, but they, they don't speak English. <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> might as well just speak Spanish. You know? It'll well, they, be maybe they a can, little bit better. They can speak English, but they choose not to. So won't. I think your decision was good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and like, obviously, like, I'm not into Germany. I'm not into the Netherlands. I'm not into any of those countries, really. And the best option was London. So yeah. I went for it. How has it been? Oh, my God. It's been <laughs> so dreamy. I've been romanticizing yeah. everything. Like, well, why I'm not? really that girl. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Yeah, like the making the coffee in the morning, the walking to the flower shop to get flowers, the working out, the meditating, like I romanticize everything, my skincare routine, like everything. Because you know, when you kind of live and leave that situation, um, you kind of like have you feel like you're you you have nothing. Like I, I didn't have my friend to be like, Hey, you wanna drive over here and like hang out or like someone Mm -hmm. to just go to Marshall's and go get something for the house or whatever. Um, So I kind of had to keep busy and Mm -hmm. keeping busy was romanticizing everything and making it a whole event. So that's what I did. Like I would get on the train, go to an exhibition um walk around see the architecture go to parks like it it's absolutely breathtaking that city and I just feel like this is me like this is who I am you know even though I'm like from the other side of the world and like a country (laughs) that's hot and like has nothing to do with that but maybe in my past life I, I lived in London that's why I love it so much I don't know and then I really missed my dogs. That was like my thing. Like that was my main, one of the main things that really, really bothered me. Yeah. And obviously my dogs were with him because he absolutely adores, adores them. Mm-hmm. And I just felt bad. Like I can't just take him from him, even though it tore my heart into pieces. Yeah. So one day I started just looking at Cocker Spaniels online and I found this website that's like a marketplace of dogs and cats and I'm scrolling and looking and then I see this picture of this like Disney looking Cocker Spaniel like he looked 
like the Cocker Spaniel from the Barbie, like with the eyelashes and everything. It was just, oh my God, this little puppy with like his brothers and sisters. And I absolutely went head over heels for him, called, well, texted the breeder. And she was like, yeah, he's still here. uh, If you want to come see him. So I went over there. Um, and they were super nice. It was a family. Uh, the dog had a, a litter mm-hmm. and he was there and he was just like the sweetest little thing, most well-behaved dog I've ever seen in my life. Like all of his brothers and sisters were like jumping around. I initially was thinking about getting a chocolate one. Yeah. But the chocolate one, you could tell that he w- he had like all the energy in the world. <laughs> and <laughs> you're like, mm, and then maybe I not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I don't want that headache right now. <laughs> and um, he was just sitting there, like looking at me, like with his little eyes and big face. And I just like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. He's so cute. And I just took him <laughs> and he became my angel dog, like. He is the best dog I've ever had in my life. I don't even need a leash. I tell him pee and he pees. Like, come give me a kiss. He gives me a kiss. Like, he's so well-behaved. It is absolutely crazy. And I'm 100% convinced he is, like, some sort of, like, angel dog that was sent to me to be, like, my little partner. That's amazing. Yeah, so, so cute, really. I'm so, I can't believe I found him. And and uh, how did you name him? Teddy. So his name was Teddy initially. Yeah. And he looks like a teddy bear. So I was oh. like, no, yeah, that's it, Teddy. How has it been raising a dog in a foreign country? It's been amazing. You kidding? Oh. The vet is not expensive, by the way, compared yeah. to the U.S. Wow, yeah, true. <laughs> you don't need pet insurance. <laughs> no that's that's amazing it's like you take your dog in the u.s to get a shot it's like you leave with a bill of seven hundred dollars yep and here it's like you go give him a shot and it's like 35 pounds it's like okay i can do that yeah wild (laughs) Uh, but apart from that yeah go oh i went to the doctor here and i had the exact same uh experience for myself like i was stressed i didn't know how much it was going to be and then they told me total and i was like that's it i'm like yeah what do you what do you mean and i'm like oh um I'm, that's just better no. than where i'm from <laughs> but you're saying isn't that crazy like that's another conversation god <laughs> on- the u.s true. is wild yeah i mean i'm not saying london is cheap i'm not saying that but life in general, it is so much more expensive in Florida. I mean, if you take housing out of the situation for London, like it's just a totally different scale than back home. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, housing, it's the same, definitely. Yeah, for sure. But for sure. <laughs> transportation, groceries are so much cheaper. Um. Yeah, like you can go out to eat and not spend so much money. Obviously, it depends to on where you go, but but I feel everything is a little bit cheaper. That's wonderful. 
Honestly, you deserve yeah. it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yep. Getting a dog is such a like a really nice thing. And it's also like he he just does that naturally. Like just yeah. is that polite and sweet? Yeah, exactly. Like that's just how his personality is. I don't even understand. Because I've <laughs> always had dogs. Well, I actually had a dog, my first dog. Um, he was like that. Like, he was also sort of like my soul dog. He grew up with me. Like, I got him when I was 21 or 22, and he died like 12 years after that. And he was by my side all day, but he wasn't potty trained in the house. He was a Yorkie. <gasps> oh, no. So he would have accidents all over, like, you know, this is my corner. This is my corner. And it was crazy. But, and then my my two other dogs, one of them is a freaking devil. And the really? other one is the sweetest thing. But it's not like I can walk him, you know, with a leash or he understood like what I was talking about. This dog, yeah. it's like if he understands everything. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I see photos of him too. And he's so cute. And I'm so glad that he found you with at this point in your life. Yeah. I think so too. So I, great. And it's great because um the breeders were still friends. So I take him there if I'm traveling or whatever and I'm gonna be gone for a few days. I take him back there so he they can take care of him and he hangs out with his mom. So it's great. So sweet. What dogs get yeah. to do that? Mm-hmm. Like no dogs. No dogs. There's one thing I wanted to ask you, um, which is like an interesting point in people's lives. Um, so uh, sometimes I ask people what it was like sleeping at a place that they had been in their mind, like planning towards. So for some people, it's like the first time they moved to a new country or the, their first night in their college dorm or things like that. If mm-hmm. You don't have to answer if you don't want to, but what was the first night in London like for you? Um, I was sleeping on a blow-up mattress. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> and I actually felt really excited. Really? Uh, but sad at the same time. Yeah. Again, it was that push and pull in yeah. my mind. But yeah, it was very exciting but sad it was weird yeah a lot of mixed emotions yeah yeah very weird a lot of mixed emotions what was like the the settling in like um it was interesting like obviously I had to learn like how grocery stores worked (laughs) which grocery stores were like the ones that I had to go to to do groceries or like the little corner shop um the food oh yeah so like (laughs) one of the things that was really hard to get used to was the food because in the U.S. you leave a tomato in your fridge and it'll last for like three weeks without getting rotten yeah yeah and then in England, after three days, it's already, you know, mushy and like ready to be eaten. Yeah. So I got 
food poisoning three times. <laughs> Thank God I didn't die. Uh, so that was interesting, like trying to learn what was the the life. The food culture? The food culture, yeah, the food oh culture. Um, learning like what what people did on over the weekends, like if I was alone. So like one of the things that was really strange to me was that where I live, there is a lot of like forests. Okay. And people, I would just like go in the on the road and then people would just be like walking in the middle of the field. And I'll be like, what the hell is that person doing walking in the middle of a field? Yeah. And then I found out that people there just love to walk the forest. Like, it's just like a thing. So when you like walk from like the, the, there's like, you know, clusters of trees and then there's an open field. So they're crossing that to go to like the area where they want to walk or whatever. And that's why they would be walking in the middle, an open field. So that was super strange to me, but then I tried it out and I freaking loved it. Like I felt like I was in a Tim Burton movie because <laughs> it's just enchanting. You know what I mean? You're just walking yeah. through a forest. It's like dark and like, it's like all creepy. So I would like go with my dog and like put some earphones on and play some like Tim Burton soundtrack playlist on Spotify and just like get in the vibe. Like I said, romanticizing my whole life. Um, so that was one thing. Uh, obviously, like going out and seeing the night scene and like the restaurants and whatever was super fun. Um, yeah, and like small things like the bathroom. Like the bathrooms are weird as hell. Do they go to the floor? Like I, do the, do huh? their doors, do their like bathroom doors go to the floor? Do you know what I'm talking about? You know, in America, in in restrooms, like oh yeah, they go to the floor. Yeah, like they should. Well, right. that's that's new to me. <laughs> Doors <laughs> yeah. going to the floor, and also like I remember the first time I left the U.S., I was like, I'm not gonna have culture shock. I'm gonna be fine. And then I had a layover yeah, right. in Germany, and I looked down at like the toilet bowl, and I was like, Why is it flat? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> I know. And then in the in the UK, the water in the toilet, it's like super low. Really? It's not yeah. like filled up like in the US. Yeah. No, it's like low as hell. And it's like, why why do they do this? Like I don't understand. Wait, wait I want to so hear like weird. all of all of your culture shocks. I'm really interested. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the flow party guys brought Danny actually. He brought this thing. I forgot the name. Jesus. I wish I could remember the name of it. Can you describe it? Yeah, it's like it comes in a jar and it's brown, like a liquid, but it's kind of like um, the consistency of like what? Like it's like. Do they, uh, do they bring you Marmite? That, that. Oh my God. I have never tasted something so disgusting in my life. It's like chicken stock bouillon in yes. a liquid. And they and put it I... on the bread. Like Danny was like shoving it in his face. I almost barfed. 
you know, I genuinely don't understand the concept of an acquired taste because I was like, why do I need to acquire this? <laughs> yeah, crazy. I don't I don't know. Like that is weird. And I'm all for trying everything, but I tried everything and I almost threw up. <laughs> you were too open. So that's one thing. <laughs> um the showers well the shower in my house was super small so I couldn't romanticize that part <laughs> so that was annoying um yeah I feel like there's obviously the driving on the wrong yeah. side of the street yeah. that's crazy and also by where I live there's a lot of round roundabouts so it's like cars going left and right oh my god my friends came to visit right yeah and they're from the U.S. so that we're like trying to cross the street she's like where do I look where do I look <laughs> she's just like looking up down to the side to the other side like I don't even know like where am I supposed to look wait looking crazy. up <laughs> I check all my bases I don't even know yeah just make sure that you're checking everything just in case. That's actually hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I went to London for the first time ever um, when I went to the uh, Wifflconf, um, and I saw you there and it was weird like to see people driving on the other. Like other people are going to hear this and they're going to be like, it's fine. I live These in London. Are, this is yeah. normal. But like it was really weird and um, I don't know. It I was in... Um, uh, Italy and the Netherlands prior to that and and arriving in London I was like oh my gosh this feels like New York like this feels so much more familiar than the places yeah. where I was and I just felt like so calm and all the signs were in English so like when I went to London for the first time I had like this like hit of familiarity because I was oh. like oh my god finally all the signs are in English again oh course <laughs> yeah no that's crazy Germany oof I don't even know like and yeah. especially like I I feel like it's okay to be sort of like a stranger in a country where you don't even know the language like I feel like that's okay but for me what really is the most important is like people like yeah. are people going to be cold are people going to welcome me? Like, are people going to act like all weird? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I feel like that's the most important thing. Yeah. Like, what kind of thoughts do they have about me and where I'm from? And like, it is, is are they going to just treat me like like me, or are they going to be like, here, I have all of these America questions for you? <laughs> Which yeah, is nice. exactly. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Sometimes you you walk into a situation you don't know what to expect, so you just hope for the best. Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. And uh, I mean, obviously, like if you're going like apprehensive and like you you know you exude that, people are going to feel that. Yeah. So I think it's true. always important for anybody that is thinking of moving abroad, like you know, go with a nice attitude, like smile, be charismatic as much as you can. Like that kind of happens in Paris a lot. I have a lot of people that tell me, oh my God, I hate Paris. French people are the worst. And <laughs> in my opinion, I had the best time. I've always had the best time in Paris with really? everybody that I've met, like with the waiters, oh. with the guys that sell little 
Eiffel Towers in the Eiffel Tower field or <laughs> uh, whatever that's called. Yeah. You know, with everybody, because I feel like you kind of have to go with that mindset. Like, I just want to be nice. I want to be kind. And I just, you know, people are people. They're just going to react how you reach them. You know what? That's that's a hundred percent right. All of like the good situations that I've had with people, I like went into it being like, "Hey, I really want to get to know this person. Um, I'm really optimistic." And the worst experiences that I've had were ones where I was like really nervous about meeting the person, and then the 100%. second time I met them, I was like, "Hey, I'm sorry, I was weird last time. I was just nervous because you were new, and I was worried that you weren't gonna like me, and so I acted weird." <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that happens to me a lot, actually. And like, it happens to me a lot in conferences, especially. Really? Really? Yeah. I would yeah, have like, never obviously, Yeah, I don't know. Like, well, I think I'm just sort of like a, like a short fuse in energy capabilities. <laughs> because like, I will go in with all of my energy and like a couple hours in, I'm drained. And then I go into that weird state where like, I'm just like, <laughs> but it's not because I'm being weird. It's just like, I'm absolutely drained and I need to get out and just like yeah. recalibrate, you know? Oh, absolutely. That's like when you're at a party and then you go to the bathroom just to stand in the bathroom. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, exactly. You're like, I just need a moment. I'm just going to take the socially uh -huh. acceptable amount of time in this room and then I'll go rejoin everyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had to do that like three times in the Webflow Pump in San Francisco uh, in 2022. Yeah. I was so overwhelmed at some point because I, obviously like I'm meeting new people. I'm super excited to see people that I've seen in Twitter for so long. But then yeah. I'm also speaking in the stage. Like it was just so much. I had to like lock myself a few times in the bathroom and just like, let me just chill for a sec and, and you just know, recharge you know you know the thing about that like everybody thinks that oh my gosh everybody else is going to notice that about me and I can't bet you nobody noticed that like nobody yeah, noticed no, no. and you took the time feeling the same. absolutely yeah honestly like I admire Vlad because that man is so nice and everybody stops him everywhere in all of those events like I cannot imagine like even also, I stopped him one time in the bath like outside of the bathroom I'm like oh my god why did I do that you know like that's crazy oh. poor guy can't even go to the bathroom <laughs> and also if you think about it like all of the people that have all of these like incredibly meaningful emotional things that they wanted to tell him about how Webflow changed their I life can you imagine like yeah. taking in that energy 50 times yeah. a day minimum? Crazy. Hats off, honestly. But I guess sometimes if, if that's what you wanted um, and that's what you went to try to create, maybe it doesn't get old. <laughs> yeah, I guess, you know, if it's your baby and like you worked so hard for it, I'm sure for him it's like, wow, that's crazy, you know? Yeah. So I'm sure it's nice. I'm sure it's super nice, but I, I think it could also get really overwhelming. True. Speaking of like 
overwhelming and everything like that. Um, one of the things that uh, was really meaningful to me of spending a lot of this time by myself, because, um, you know, I have like this weird lifestyle where I move like every two months or every month and I spend like six months of the year on my own or like about. Um, and so the thing that I was nervous about was like living by myself I was nervous about like having all of this quiet time where I was just like alone with my thoughts and everything like that. And mm. um, yeah, I, I like in the past, I would like have podcasts all, all the time or I would be like planning all of these parties or planning all of these things just so I didn't have to think about what I had going on in my own life. And it was just all avoidance. Um, and then I got on the plane and I, I went to these places and I spent like a month by myself. And I spend like most of the time by myself and it wasn't that bad. Like it wasn't that scary to do. I know. I feel the same way, you know? Yeah. What what has it been like for you? Yeah. I've actually had those thoughts because last year, because I have, I was obviously going through a lot, but I was also exploring and having a lot of fun and like, having new experiences so it got really hard for me to keep up with the flow party Mm. because you know we meet every single week so there were a few times where I was just like no like I'm not feeling it today like and I kind of started noticing that um and I think it was because I was enjoying so much what I was doing at the moment Or at other times, it was because I physically, mentally was not capable of doing it because of what I was going through. But that's something different. But when you are sort of like discovering another part of yourself and you're just enjoying yourself, it becomes hard to keep up with the things that you were doing when you were just going, going, going. Because like you said, you were just covering something in my situation I don't know if unintentionally unintentionally I created the flow party to seek maybe validation or to seek companionship Mm -hmm. Uh, and then once I didn't need it in a way because I was providing that for myself maybe that's the moment when I was like oh damn like now I don't have that sort of need anymore you know Mm mm-hmm like I still wanted to do it. I still love the flow party. I love doing it and everything. But, but for me, it was sort of like a, like a huge event that I loved doing because I loved the joy that it brought me. But because now I had this other joy, I kind of like wanted to enjoy both. You know? Yeah. M- maybe it went from from a need to a want exactly i instead of i need this connection because of what's going on it's now i want this connection because i feel happy in my other parts of my life and i also like this too exactly yeah Yeah. so now it's like you kind of have to balance both things and like still do the things you love and your job and like you know, you have goals that maybe are attached to that thing you were doing before, like you doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. But now it's not like you, if you don't do it, you're not going to die. It's fine. 
you know. Yeah, literally. I used to be stressed. I was like, if I don't have a, an episode out every week, like, what is going to, like, the, the sky is going to fall. And then yeah, I had a lot of personal stuff that I needed to sort out. And I did a lot of travel on my own. And I just didn't do an episode for two months. And it's okay. <laughs> yeah. I I still have my friendships that I built from that. And now that I'm ready to start doing episodes again, I reached out to you and I was like, hey, do you want to hang out? And you're like, yeah, sure. Like, nobody forgot <laughs> about me just because I needed no. two months to, like, work on myself. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, it's fine. I mean, I, I it's, I, I'm kind of, like, in the middle there because if I didn't go through this situation, I would would have never missed a full party. Never. Or like, I would have never slowed at my job mm. because I've always been like, go, 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 go. Yeah. Um, but sometimes your mind and body just asks for it and you have to listen and stop and take a breather and like, you know, rebuild yourself or go through whatever you need to go through. And then you can go back and keep doing what you're doing and sort of realign with your goals. What is it that you want to do? Because it, it sucks if you build something that is really good and it's giving you results, or at least you're seeing some type of growth mm -hmm. um, to just leave it there and just waste it. And that's sort of like how I felt when I was maybe missing some flow parties here and there. And I was like, damn, I, I created this community and now I'm failing it because I, I'm not doing it every week and like doing that no. and doing whatever. But, but, um, I sort of said, okay, fine. You know, I went through whatever I had to go through. Now I'm back and I am going to keep building what my vision is, you know, and whoever wants to come along, come along and whoever is done with it, you, it's fine. You're done with it. You know? Yeah. Th there's, there's absolutely no way that you'd be failing that because you were going through something so significant yeah no absolutely not <laughs> zero <laughs> and you know that's what's beautiful about our community and i'm sure you feel the same way with your 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 podcast yeah like yeah community is not about just having your members like a number like a su subscriber it's actually people that care yeah. And they will understand those things. And whoever is there because they truly feel a sense of belonging will stay and will understand and will keep um, giving to the community, you know? Oh, absolutely. I... When, when you were talking about, like, um, uh, well, if... If I didn't stop to go through what I was going through, like maybe I wouldn't have slowed at work. Maybe I wouldn't have um, missed a, a flow party or anything like that. Um, I, th I think I remember uh, telling you about this, but I definitely remember your story from when you were 21, where um, like you were going through a tough thing with a relationship that you were in and your connection with your family um got distant for a period of time and then you left that relationship mm -hmm. and then that that family relationship I, i'm assuming healed 
um, after that period of time. For, Mm -hmm. for me, the thing that I was nervous about was um, uh, I had to heal that relationship too with my family. Um, And it was a relationship that was like uh, really rough for a period of two years. And so trying to heal two years of that um was was really really hard and i remember that um uh i knew that so much of my uh drive for work and drive for networking and all of this stuff that built me into the career that i have was so built on like that hurt and trying to compensate for that trying to distract myself Mm -hmm. from that that I remember, and this may seem really silly, but I remember, like, I know how this current state feels, and I know that I'm secure in my career in this current state, and I know how to handle this. Like, if I try to heal this relationship, um, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if I'm not going to have any motivation to work anymore. Like, and I know family and everything like that is so much more important and I knew that even in the moment but just like the fear of what was so uncertain in the future and not knowing what that was going to be like or like if I was going to have the same drive to have a job and have my life and be independent it was really scary to go through that and I didn't really tell anybody about that feeling specifically does that make any sense No, it makes total sense. I know exactly what you mean. It's like you fear being happy in a way. Yeah. That makes sense. Like, like you, you don't fear that. Uh huh. Because maybe they're not going to, to appreciate it. So maybe you're just going to like not have the same drive to do it. And then little by little, you're going to start like dying off. Yeah. Or like that. Yeah, like I, I felt like um uh like the pain that I went through gave me this gift. And the gift was being like really determined and like almost like having like fixations on certain things. And those fixations, which is probably like not fully mentally healthy, um, gave me a lot of really good results, uh, independence wise and career wise, and made me more secure. But I was just like not doing it in a really sustainable way yeah well let me tell you something this is actually there has been multiple psychological studies about this yeah so uh usually the the, well not usually but they have done studies on athletes that have had really good results and the athletes that have gone through hardships either in their younger years, adolescent years, or teenage years, usually have better results than those who have gone through a peaceful childhood or teenage Mm -hmm. years. And it's because when you go through a hardship, your brain works like an engine where the more you feed those sort of not negative thoughts, but the more you feed those those thoughts of like feeling inferior because your dad made you feel bad or your mom humiliated you or you didn't have anything to eat when you were growing up at night. You know, all of those things are what fuel your brain 
And the more you feed those thoughts, the more the, the, the motor, which is the brain, pumps into your determination. Mm-hmm. Like this has been actually studied. And if you look at a lot of athletes that are really, really successful or like celebrities that ha- have had a really tough childhood, they go really far because of that. Because it's like, think about it. Like when you're about to, well, I've never run a marathon, but when you're about to do something really, you know, to prove yourself and people have hurt you, you're like, I'm fucking show them. Like, I can do yeah. this, you know, like you're not going to think that I'm this, you know, incapable person. And like, it's like those thoughts, that determination to like make you succeed, that push you. But um, I think like processing those feelings, that's why it's so important to like feel your feelings because that's not what life is about. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter how much money you make a year, how many clients you have, if your house or your home is shit. Yeah. You know, like what really is important is that you have a solid circle whether that's family or friends that love you that you have really strong values that your morals are really aligned with whatever you believe in uh and that you just feel happy you know like that's really what's important because it doesn't matter what you're gonna make like i see a lot of people on twitter like guys starting like oh no like i'm um you know, I ha- I sent a thousand cold emails because mm-hmm. I'm going to make 10 grand in this amount of time. And it's like, you're missing the point. Like, it's not about that. It's about the passion that you have for your job. Like, that's really what's going to bring you success. If you don't have passion for what you do or love for what you do, and you're just doing it for the money or whatever, it's not going to yield the results that you think. Unless you're that person that has that motor or that engine inside that's just fueled by that, those sort of bad thoughts of bad experiences that they had. I rumbled a little bit there. No, absolutely not. It, It makes, it makes total sense. Like, it for some people it's um it's fear based like their mm-hmm. uh their achievement ability is fueled by fear of like i i'm people are going to think that i'm a loser or um i feel like i have to prove myself and the people that think that i wasn't going to be able to do it maybe they're going to be right and it's just so hard to see yourself like feeling secure about who you are and like still having that drive and i think that like over the period of time of like me like dropping off of the face of the earth and then coming back to life um <laughs> i i found that like i can have like a really healthy relationship with my family and still want to achieve in my career without feeling that i have to prove anything without feeling like I'm doing this to not be dependent on somebody. It's just like, because I like it. And I didn't think that that was going to be 
a feeling that I could feel. I thought that I was just throwing everything away by getting rid of this gift that I was given, which was the gift of like issues. (laughs) (laughs) It's called maturity, emotional (laughs) maturity, I feel. When you can process those feelings, understand it, put your boundaries up and understand people from an outside point of view. Again, like I told you before, like that perspective. Like one of the things I've learned a lot in meditation and I read a lot about Buddhism is that you kind of have to look at people based on like, just look at their behavior, but don't feel their behavior. And mm. that doesn't need to, uh, to affect you or what you do, you know, because family is going to be family and you have to accept them how they are in most situations. Mm-hmm. And you kind of like learn to see them and respect who they are, but they don't define you and that's okay. So maybe you've gotten to the point where you actually see your family and you're like, okay, I understand maybe why they think these things or uh, why they say these things. And that's okay. I can accept it, but I am my own person and I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm still going to love them. And I'm still going to love myself and my job. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of it was like um, being able to to let people in. Because I, I noticed that like I was keeping a lot of people arm's length. And um, that was yeah. that was tough to actually um, be vulnerable enough to have a conversation um, with people. But yeah, it's just I, I really liked what you said of being able to see what people are feeling but not having to like take it on yourself i don't Mm -hmm. know if i'm that good at that (laughs) to be honest that's a good one you just just kind of have to practice it yeah yeah you just kind of have to practice it like i have that that thing now that i'm with my parents here in, in cartagena my dad is a very like so he's a little bit explosive if you could call it that like he has a short fuse Mm. and because he's so like sentimental you know what I mean so anything bothers him like Mm. the the minimal like thing and Mm. before I used to get this thing like inside of me like he would just like go off and I would be like oh like my chest would like contract and like I would feel horrible Mm. and now I just like look at him and just like okay I get it like he's going off it's fine it's not gonna affect me you know yeah that's him that's not me it's fine what was it like to be able to get to that point i don't know able to have like your own sense of identity outside of like the environment that you're in um i guess peaceful yeah yeah because you become more calm like, I don't know if for you, I'm a calm person. I think I am. Mm-hmm. Usually people tell me, like, I love your energy. You're very calm. Like, you're just nice to be around. And I think it's because of that. Because I'm not, like, going into a situation trying to judge the other person. I'm just there, you know what I mean? And, like, I block myself from whatever that energy is. Maybe that's why when I'm in big groups, like conferences... I get so drained because I'm just trying to like 
block it, you know what I mean? And just be myself in that moment. But usually I just try to stay calm. And that was one of the things that was really hard for me this past year because I kind of lost that, lost mm. that control of my mind because I feel it's all how you control your mind because your mind is going to tell you like, no, you need to react to that situation. Like, you know, yep. what are you going to do? Like, are you going to get sad? Are you going to get anxious? Are you going to... So I lost that because as I, as we spoke earlier, you get clouded in those situations. And when you mm -hmm. get clouded, you kind of like don't even know what your north is anymore. And you're just so lost. So you become anxious and you become insecure and all of those feelings come. But when you're centered, it's just calm. Yeah. You don't have to prove anything. You're just you. You and don't then have to that attracts yourself. no. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm a weirdo. So what? If you don't like it, <laughs> know where the door is. Or <laughs> I'm calm and I, I don't need to be, you know, uh getting hammered every day or whatever it is in a group of friends. Like that's just yeah. okay. Like you just set your boundaries and bound with boundaries come calmness because you're secure and you're confident on who you are. That's amazing. That that definitely is emotional maturity. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's. I'm still trying to get back into that because I still feel a little bit like sometimes it kind of takes over a little bit. But the best cure is crying it out and keep it moving, and talking absolutely. about it with a friend or whatever. That that's one thing that I started doing this time around of like actually telling my friends what I'm going through. Rather than just like keeping it all to myself. Oh my God. 100%. Like again, Marla, my best friend, she is my yeah. therapist. Like sometimes I would call her like, did I imagine all of these problems? Like, am I okay? Like, why did I make that decision? Yeah. You know, and then she would like run me through the things and I'm like, oh, right. I forgot about that. That's another thing. Like when you're, when you're going through those things, like, the whole trauma of the situation like makes you forget things mm. it makes you like create these scenarios in your head and it's like not they're not true you know I, I've started to call that feeling of just like just I just name it and I say like I'm feeling foggy and mm -hmm. that has helped me so much in my relationships with people like if I'm overwhelmed and I'm like, I don't know where I'm at. And I don't know what we're talking about anymore. Like, it's become just a socially acceptable thing in my relationship and with my family to just like table it and come back when I'm feeling better. Yeah, 100%. Yep. Why has it taken me this long to like figure that out? And it's helped so much. Like, I come down, the other person calms down. We both realize what we actually wanted to say and how we actually felt rather than just what we were insecure about. And then we come back together and we're like, This is what I was actually saying. And they're like, That makes so much sense. Why didn't you say that in the beginning? I'm like, I don't know, because I wasn't feeling that great. And then you yeah. go from there. Yeah. I mean, how old are you? I'm if you 25. don't mind me asking. 25. Well, I feel like at 27 was when, like, this 
all this awareness came into me. I feel like that's the age for women when we kind of like start realizing things about life that we're like, oh, like, what the hell? And like, oh, I didn't know this was like this, you know? Yeah. Um, So don't feel like, why am I just learning this? Like, this is normal. Like, this is what you should be going through. You're... The the second half of your 20s is an interesting life experience. Oh yes. And um oh, yes. uh it's it's it kind of wild for me so far. I'm hoping that it's going to go well. Um but uh there's all of these life lessons and like I don't know. You think that you know everything when you're like 18 or whatever. And then you get midway through your 20s and you're like, I have absolutely no clue. <laughs> no, yeah. I, and like I would say, just don't stress about what's coming. Like don't live in leave, live, live in fear of like what's going to come and like what you're not going to be, be, be prepared of. Like don't expect the worst. Yeah. Because um, like I said, have perspective try to go through everything as a lesson Mm -hmm. and everything that happens that is that really affects you or it's something that you consider important just see it from the perspective point of view that I told you about just so you can have a clearer mind of your whole life as a human as a soul not like as that little moment because for you maybe in that moment is huge and like you know, what are you going to do? Like, but no, think about it more as the bigger picture. Like, what is this trying to teach me? And then go from the perspective of be gentle with yourself. Like, this is what happened. And like, what are the, the, the roads that I can take? These are my options. And based on those options which one is the one that aligns the most with my values and how i want to learn my life uh, live my life and that's yeah. it like if you think about it like that it's easier you're 100 percent right like there's so many I, I have so much peace just by looking at these things that happened in my life uh good and bad um and especially the bad ones and just being like there's so many good things that you can find out of that. Even just, I was in such a bad situation and now I know what to look for. Like I was talking to my mom about that and she's like, I'm so sorry for what you went through, but at the same time, um, you know that you're not going to pick that in a person. You know that you're going to be able to spot this now, now that you've exactly. been exposed to it. And isn't that such a gift that like this was in your life for a period of time but it's not going to be the rest of your life because you're not going to let that happen again. Exactly. Again, it was a lesson that you had to learn. That's it. Thank you. <laughs> but That's what makes us grow, you know? Yeah. It, it's just tough sometimes. But oh, yeah. I know it's, it's just so strange because like last time I talked to you, um, my life was totally different and I was in a totally different country and um, now I'd like I don't really even know what my plans are going to be in July and so I'm just going to go from <laughs> month to month and figure it out and it's just such a 
fun, fun time. And and for you, there are so many things that are going to be happening in your life too that you don't know are going to happen. And it's just such an interesting thing to just go through and experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's what's working right now and I'm fine with it. And for you too, this is what's working right now. Maybe in a year you're going to be like, okay, I'm done traveling. I need to settle down. (laughs) Yeah. And maybe for me too, you know what I mean? But like to give you an example, I kind of like took a little bit of a step back on work, on the flow party. And then I found myself with more time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I really want to push the, the flow party on demand, something that I had been working on last year. Yeah, tell me and, about that. Uh, yeah, and, and little by little, I was just working on it, working on it with Joseph, you know, getting the website ready, getting all the backend stuff ready, little by little, well, you know, also working in client work and going through my personal things. Like, it was a lot mentally for me. Um, and now at the end of the year, I, I somehow had time. It was just like, like now I see it like, shit, like this was really meant to be. It just happened that I had time. I never have time, Emily. Like it's crazy. I imagine there's so much going on. Yeah. And then suddenly I had time. I mean, obviously I was still busy, but. I had a little bit more time and I told Joseph, I'm like, we need to get this off the ground. Like this is our opportunity. I really believe in this. He believed in it too. And we said, okay, let's do it. And little by little, the last years of the month, we really focused on doing it and we got it out in January and now it's out and people are, you know, getting registered and now I I have this feeling like I love client work I love to create websites but I think like my true passion is in doing this type of things like I'm really good organizing the back end of stuff Mm -hmm. uh, doing marketing like that's something that just comes natural to me so maybe this is going to be what this year is going to be more focused on. I'm still working on clients, but not as much as this. Um, so yeah, let's see. Isn't it amazing though, that um, uh, I was thinking about you and I was walking on the street and I saw a bookstore called Eureka. And I yes. of you. <laughs> That was so cute. Thank you for sending me that. That's crazy. You were the first thing that I thought of or the first person that I thought of when I saw that sign. I was just on a run and I looked to the left and I was like, Melissa? (laughs) Oh, that's so crazy. And you know what's even crazier? That Eureka is actually an expression. Like that's really what it is. But I'm glad that the brand kind of like got to you. Like that was my job. To be able to create that association. And it's on my running route. So like I see it all the time now. And so I think of you every time I see it. That is so nice. I love that. But, but <laughs> I, I also love that um that you found this this niche that is really enjoyable for you. 
it's an addition yes. to the rest of your life. Um, but it's such a cool thing with so many different moving parts, so many people that get a lot of use out of it. And I was poking around on the site too, um, as I was preparing to hang out with you today. And I thought it was so interesting. And all the people that were involved, it's just project managing something like that has a lot of yeah. moving pieces and you have to make sure everything goes right and what if things go wrong and the happy paths and unhappy paths and I don't know a lot of troubleshooting and it, it's just so cool yeah I'm really enjoying it like really I love it and the first sale I was like oh my god I like texted the guys I'm like guys we got our first three sales oh my god Oh. so cool yeah what was it, it like uh was it like working with those guys because it's it's Incredible. a joe diego um and two more right yeah joseph perry jonathan morin diego yep. tora de oliveira and Ilya van Eck. yes um yes. it is absolutely incredible to like working with them obviously i have been working with most of them for a year already like I I work with Ilya and I work with Joseph a lot I haven't worked with I hadn't worked with Joe Moore which is who is Jonathan and yep. uh Diego obviously he's super involved in the flow party from before so we had kind of like worked in a way together mm -hmm. um and it's just incredible like to see this guys create is another level like I told you the the professional that I was a year ago is definitely not the per, not the professional that I am now. Like, and I have to thank Joseph for that mainly, and obviously Ilya. But Joseph kind of became like my mentor in a way, and I kind of like got myself there. Like, I was like, "You're gonna be my mentor one way or another." Or another after taking his <laughs> course, yeah. <laughs> And I just started absorbing everything and just seeing the way he works just taught me so much about branding, about design, about handling clients, about being mindful of what you're making, of selling my ideas, like of even talking. Like I ramble a lot. So like that's something that we talk after the calls that I have like Twitter lives or, you know, even on my stories on Instagram, like you need to like focus on the idea, like don't get sidetracked. Like we always are giving each other feedback and that has made me grow so much. Um, Like to the point that I finished the, the Eureka side and won an award for not only yeah. side of the day, but developer award, Emily, like, do you know what that means to me? That's huge. That is huge because I really considered myself always a designer. Like, I don't know if you have this feeling and probably people hearing this probably have this feeling as well. But when you finish a Webflow build, you feel like that is being held by chopsticks. And in any moment, <laughs> it's going to crumble down. Because like you're just not sure, you know what I mean? Like the yeah. client came in, did a thousand edits, and now the site is just completely different. And you're trying to keep the code as clean as possible. But like, you know, 
shit happens and like you're having to recreate a lot of things or change a lot of things. And by yeah. the end of the day, um, the, the, the build is not what you expected most of the times. So that's how I feel most, most of the times. But, you know, when I won this award, I was like, oh shit. Okay. So I am actually a developer. Like I am doing a good job, you know, and for people, maybe, oh, it's an award, like whatever, everybody gets one. But for me, I don't see it like that. I see it as a reaffirmation that everything that I put into learning this past year has paid off. That That is not an easy award to get even in the slightest. Well, I'm glad because I was very happy. <laughs> That's amazing. And and when I went on your site, um, I was very impressed. <laughs> oh, I was scrolling through Thank everything you. and it was amazing and all the transitions and, and like just how smooth it was. It was just really beautiful. And uh, you should be very, very proud of yourself. Thank you. <laughs> I know for a lot of people, it's probably a lot of animation, but that's what I like. And I really wanted to showcase like things that I could do. Yeah. Because um, I think that's what a portfolio should be. Like you should add as many things that or as many skills as you have. Mm -hmm. So future clients or potential clients can see your capabilities, you know? Yeah. Um, it's very easy to put together a one pager with just a few headings and a few images yep. and a few pieces of copy. Yeah. But it's what, it, what is it going to show? You know what I mean? So I really wanted to push myself, do things that I hadn't done before. Obviously I had help shout out to Ilya because this website, actually, we started building it a year ago. Mm -hmm. And Ilya was the initial person who started building the structure of it. So he built a crazy CMS because the case study page has a lot of moving parts. Uh, he built the, the homepage. Uh, and then because so much time had passed, obviously my ideas changed. So I kind of worked over that structure Mm -hmm. uh, and then just reworked some things, but he helped and Kenna helped on the preloader. Uh, Joseph gave me a lot of feedback. So it was a lot of people that helped. I used a couple components from Tim Ricks. So yeah, like I, I obviously didn't do it alone, but I'm happy that it came together how it did. Absolutely. Like, just the way that you were talking about it, about how you built all of those different relationships with people, um, and then they, like, came into your life, and then you built this thing together, it it just, yeah. I see so much of myself in that, in all of the different people that have helped me become who I am, and there is a sense of, like, being proud of yourself for doing something, but it's just such a wonderful idea that all of these people that care about you put time and effort and feedback and working together in collaboration time to work with you on creating something. And I think that that kind of makes it more meaningful. Like when you get that job or when you get that client or anything like that, sometimes it's nice to know that like the foundation of that is that so many people were out there like 
caring about you and they helped you succeed yeah yeah and that's all from networking and community like for you I feel it's more like networking like you really stay connected with a group of people and whenever you have a problem or an issue you go to them and you get the answer and for me it's the flow party yeah like if it wasn't for the flow party my god like I was listening to uh 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 grace yesterday yeah and she was saying how like she was doing her course because she wanted to give the tools to people who are going to start freelancing or have started because when she started she didn't really have anybody to ask anything and she would have been able to save a lot of headaches yeah that's exactly what happened to me like I started by myself I didn't know how to solve many issues not only on the development side of building websites but on the business side of things and if it wasn't for the flow party like I wouldn't I I I don't know like I would have to rely on the forum or google or chat gpt you know what I mean but now every problem that I have that Obviously, I try to fix it as much as I can until the moment that I'm like, okay, now I have to ask someone. Uh, And if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be able to do a lot of things. Can I ask you, and you might have told me this before, but how did the flow party start? Well, because Georgiana, who is uh, from Romania... She yeah. was 19 years old at that time. And when the docu-series for Webflow came out, she reached out to me on Instagram. Hmm. And she was like, hey, uh, I still have the DM. Like, I took a screenshot of it to, like, Aww. keep it forever. She was like, hey, um, I live in Romania, and I'm trying to learn how to be a web designer. I want to be a freelancer, but I have no idea how to do it. And I wondered if you could help me. And I was like, oh that's cute so (laughs) I said you know yeah of course uh let's get on a call and after like a couple calls I was like I feel like more people need this because I needed it at the beginning and even now but before more so I tweeted that I wanted to do a web pro party because I wanted somewhere where I could teach people but in a fun way because my issue was like every time I went to YouTube all of the tutorials were so boring like I just couldn't (laughs) keep up (laughs) so I wanted somewhere that was fun and people could have a drink and joke around and it was just a little bit more informal Mm -hmm. and people really resonated with it and that's how it was born and if you could compare it to like the first three months of Webflow Party to like the last six months of Webflow Party, like what a journey that has been, like what a different uh, um, community that has grown and I'm sure meaningfulness to you and meaningfulness to everybody else in the group how would you compare that to how it started to where it is now? So I think the the main difference is that now there's real friendships. So the calls feel a little bit like 
more personal in a way. That makes sense. And not so much like structured, like we're, this is what we're going to be learning today, you know? Yeah. Um, because people really crave that connection of like, oh, like what have you been up to? Let's just hang out. And like, who cares what we're going to learn today? But because all of us have so much in common and we love the same things, we still learn, but are at our own pace in a way. Like we kind of intertwine it more with the casual talk and and not so much about let's sit here and learn GSAP. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> I still want to keep doing it, but um, I feel like also people have grown professionally a lot especially mm -hmm. like the OGs of the flow party, like the guys that have been coming since a while ago. Yeah. So they are not faced with, you know, let's learn how to use auto layout and Figma anymore. <laughs> <laughs> now they want to learn like three JS and freaking, you know, WebGL. And like, it's like, okay, guys, let's calm down. Cause I, <laughs> give me a second. <laughs> Oh, give me a second to like get my life together give me a second to like understand what we're talking about here <laughs> yeah exactly like they're freaking flying you know what I mean they're creating <laughs> virtual worlds and shit like calm down oh virtual worlds I'm kidding like I'm just saying like they're <laughs> yeah. really like trying new Advanced. things that I haven't even gotten there yet you know yeah so it's a little bit hard to keep them entertained these days. So sometimes they're the ones introducing tools and playing around. There's like a micro community now inside of the flow party that really? has started since a while back. Yeah, called the Judgment Day. It's like this like secret society that's happening. <laughs> and they meet every single Monday uh, and they learn together, but mostly it's just you know talking and having fun and it's the guys that always travel together like they traveled all together to london Aww. um some of some of us went to manchester to the meetup there and now like we want to do something else so yeah it's very cool to see how it shifts and things happen I've I've had the opportunity to do the thing I'm going to ask you about. Um, uh, so the opportunity that I had um, in the past was to be able to like sit down on a podcast by myself and just talk about what I was going through. And then I um, was able to like directly say to the people that were listening to me, um, like how much it meant to me that people were coming on my podcast and hanging out with me and also how much it meant to me that people would actually like listen to it and send me nice messages and things like that. Um, so I've had the opportunity to do that. But uh, if if anybody was listening from Flow Party or maybe they're like one of these guys that you were talking about that have been there forever, um, is there anything that you would want to say to them? Is there anything that you would want to say about like what the Flow Party experience has been like for you? Yeah, I mean, they're my family now, like Dimitri's, Maria, the both Maria's, Georgiana, like they've almost all of them have stayed at my house with me. And it's just like we're family, you know, like we're not like 
you know how like sometimes you just, like meet people and you're like oh, I don't know how to like act do they think I'm weird or whatever no like there's none of that yeah so it's like like I love them you know what I mean maybe we don't talk every day but it's fine like the other day I answered a tweet that was just a little annoying and Dimitri's just texted me like I haven't talked to him since London yeah and he texted me like why do you answer that just don't pay attention to that you know what I mean like it's like we're brothers and sisters now so if I can say something is I love you guys you know I love you uh sometimes I'm a little bit all over the place but I always see and try to stay in touch with what they're doing I think that is a perfect note to end on. What do you think? <laughs> I love it. Yes. We just did two hours. It's been hours. so fun. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't like feel. The bestie. No. <sighs> I love it. You're the best. This Keep has been one of the most comfortable podcasts. I've like, I know I said this before, but like I've had my like favorite blanket on top of me, my pillow behind me and like my weighted uh, plush giraffe thing um on my stomach just talking to you and i haven't done a podcast in months and i was a little nervous about it going into it but like oh my gosh this was so relaxing and so nice and just thank you for hanging out with me and thanks for spending time with me and it really means a lot to have you as a friend well the same for me thank you for having me again here i didn't think you wanted to hear from me again so I really appreciate that. <laughs> and please keep doing this because I love listening to your podcast. Um, yeah, and just like keep rocking it. You know, I love it. It's so fun. You're so, you're, you're just such a good listener. I always tell you that. Like you're such a good interviewer. And I really, really enjoy your podcasts and being invited to them. I, I will never get tired of you. I will never not want to talk to you. <laughs> well, when I'm back in London, you're more than welcome to stay at my house for a few days if you want to hang out. I would love that. I would really like yeah, that. Yeah, that'd I be could... fun. And um, uh, after this, I'm going to send you the details of where I will be when in case you would ever like a little, little vacation anytime. <laughs> Ooh, yes. I'm going to be going and around a lot of places. let it be places. Paris. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'll, I'll text it to you uh, so I don't say it here, but I'll, I'll make sure you know the dates of where I'm going to be. <laughs> okay, perfect. Deal. Let's do it. So, Melissa, this is just goodbye until next time. And hopefully the next time I talk to you, I'll be talking to you in person because I would really love that. Yes, let's do it. We're going to be close, so I'm sure it's going to happen. Absolutely. <laughs>